One of the greatest skills that you can learn is to find an upside in a bad situation. Most people crumble when there's a problem. If you can find the blessing, the upside, the silver lining when there is a problem, you're miles ahead of your competition. And you can create a strategy that's going to take you even further. But you have to take the time to find the upside. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day. Today we're going to talk about the upside and how you can find it and some of the problems that I see people face when things are challenging inside the office or things are challenging in the business. And to use this type of thinking, it does take work and effort. And here is the gist of what this is, is anytime that something goes wrong, You're going to look for the silver lining. You're going to look for the thing that's right. You're going to look for the way that you could benefit. You're going to look for the blessing in disguise. And what happens is when things go negative, everybody around you turns negative. The danger in that is if you have an organization, if you're a manager, if you lead people, if you show panic or fear, your team shows panic or fear. And then the other thing is, is when you're in panic, you tend to make very bad decisions because you're not using all of your thought processes, you're not using all of your capability, you're making a decision on about 30% of brain power. So just imagine that you need to make a good decision and you only have 30% of your brain power. It may be that you make a bad decision. And under stress and under bad decisions, more bad decisions happen. So with that being said, we do need to have the conversation about strategy versus tactic. Chet Holmes was a sales trainer and a business trainer Uh, And he had this whole conversation about there's a difference between a strategy and there's a difference between a tactic. A strategy is going to be a multi-pronged approach. So if it was martial arts, it would be a punch, a kick, a maneuver. And a tactic is going to be a quick move that doesn't always get you what you need, which could be a punch. And most people, when they're under stress, most people, when they have something that's bothering them, they think in terms of tactics. They make small moves or reactionary moves that end up causing them problems in the long run. And when you take the time to say, where is this a benefit to me? How does this help me? It slows everything down. Everybody around you is going to be reacting to a problem when you're responding to it. You're able to think through what's going on. So with that being said, you do have to find ways to calm down. You do have to find ways You're able to to calm the inner part of you so that you know that you can make some moves happen. And some of this is going to sound woo-woo, and some of it may sound a little bit different to you, but here's the thing. I'm going to give you the list. You choose what to do with it. Part of it may be that you, you turn to religion. You turn to prayer, okay? Part of it may be yoga. Part of it may be meditation. Part of it may be therapy, Uh, under stress. One of the things that people have that works the best for them is working out, and It could be a combination of four or five of these things. It could be a combination of all of them. It could be a combination of two of them. But whatever the case may be, 
you have to find yourself to be centered. Part of this too is you have to turn off the bad noise. I tend to not watch the news for this reason. The news is 99% bad and 1% good, right? (laughs) And anytime that the news is on, there's like bad, 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 1% good. Bad, 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 super bad, super bad, everything's bad, everything's horrible bad, 1% good. You could get caught up in negativity really easily. Part of turning off the bad noise is people who are a bad influence on you. And yes, you know who they are. You know, the person who calls, texts, emails, and you're like, I don't want to look at this message. I don't want to answer the phone. I don't want to read this email because you know negativity is coming. And once you turn on the negativity spout, it just seems like it's a floodgate of of more negativity and more problems. So you do have to protect yourself. The more that you can keep negative people out of your life and the more that you could keep negativity away from you in most instances, the better off you're going to be. You know, you do have to live in a real world. You do have to look at the situations that are going on, but you know that that person walking down the hall coming to you, you know that they're like, Hey, we've got a problem with everything. Sometimes it takes the conversation of saying, Hey, look, it's your job to figure out how to fix it. Come to me with the best three solutions. Tell me the problem in bullet points. Tell me the best three solutions or the best outcomes, and then we could talk. But if all you're doing is coming to me to drop off negativity, I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. I know a really high-level entrepreneur, and if you want to get a hold of his time, you have to go through his gatekeeper. This is what he's at. he tells the gatekeeper to ask. What is the outcome that you want from the meeting? And if they can't give an outcome for the meeting, he won't take the meeting. It doesn't matter how big, how well-known the person is. If there's no outcome there's no meeting. I do want to encompass this conversation where you do have to do the right thing. You got to think of long-term success because business is about connections and it's about networking. And if you take advantage of somebody when they're at their worst or when they're really struggling, they're going to resent you. And then they're not going to deliver what you need. So there is some elements to this. You have to make your own decision. Your moral values will let you decide what needs to go on. I, I have a perspective of saying, hey, look, you could really cause some problems and make a bad deal when somebody's really struggling. When you take a look at what's the what what's the blessing in this? Where's the best thing that could happen? Where's the silver lining? What I want to start with is economic problems. And I made a list of different things for you because you can make some serious moves in economic downturn. And there is a timing to this. Everybody's going to have their hair on fire. Everybody's going to be freaked out. Everybody's going to be stressed out. But the thing for you is everything is on sale. Anything that you wanted the week before an economic downturn is now 20 to 30% off. It could be land. It could be products. It could be services. And the longer that the downturn is, the, the more discounted that product is. So it doesn't mean you have to make an instant move. It means you can start, start looking and eyeing things that you want. And sometimes people say, well, I don't have the cash or I don't have the credit. Well, one of the things that you do have that most people don't think of is, you could trade or you could use barter. And there are some companies that they don't make purchases unless they use trade or barter. That's it. That's the only way they make purchases. That's the only way they make arrangements or they make a good bulk of their purchases out of trade or barter. And you may have to learn how to be more creative. It may come down that you have to do a two-person, three-person, four-person deal that you trade one person something that you have. They trade another person they trade another person, then you get the outcome that you want. And so this does take some time and effort on your part. If you have employee problems where you don't have enough employees, you could pick up A players when the market's down. 
you can hire and train people to be A players that you couldn't have normally gotten when everybody was fully employed. You can have marketing problems. Oh, on a marketing downturn, all marketing goes on sale. You know, it, it could be print, it could be radio, it could be internet. But just like land, buildings, goods, and services, it could be 20, 30, 40% off of what it was the week before when everything was good. You do need to get your management team engaged if you have a management team, and you got to let them know somewhat what's going on in the direction because the employees are going to be looking to them for direction as well. The employees are looking for stability. The employees are looking for leadership. And if you're leaving the management team in the dark, one of the things that's going to happen is they're going to leave the employees in the dark. Because at some point, you do have to have the conversation with the employees and let them know what's going on. Let them know your blueprint. Let them know the situation. Let them know the lay of the land. And let them know that they are important. And one of the greatest things that you could do that you could leverage is you could find the holes in your business. You could go to the team and say, where are we struggling? And then without giving all the roadblocks, you sit there, you listen, you take notes. I see this where companies will call their employees together and they'll say, where are we struggling? Where, where are the potholes? Where do we need to be fixed? And the employees will be like, hey, we've got a problem with this. We got a problem with that. We've got a problem here. And management or ownership's like, we don't want to hear it. Never mind. And they, they close up shop. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You have the opportunity to make uh, strides in, in, in the most insane directions if you'll listen to what's going on. And one of the ways that you could do this is you could have a strategy session where there's no wrong answer. And I've put together a couple of different ad campaigns. And one of the best ad campaigns that I put together came from a session like this where you say, okay, what are things that we could do? No matter how crazy it is, let's go to crazy town. We're not going to shoot anything down. We're going to take all the notes. We're going to listen no matter how wild, no matter how crazy, no matter how insane it could be. Let's put it up on the board. And then you get all these ideas on the board. And what you're going to find is there is a synergy. There is creative momentum when you're not knocking the idea, when you're not looking for a reason to exclude it. And so, you you know, in the, in the example that I'm talking about with the best marketing program that I came up with, I think we came up with like 50 or 60 different things that we put up on the board over the space of an hour and a half. And then for the next hour and a half, we said, okay, let's figure out how to make these things work. And it came down to combining two or three different items at the end of the day to come up with this one marketing program that was a real huge strategy that knocked it out of the park. Once you've had your creative strategy session and once you've worked through it, now it's time to find ways to fix the issues, create plans, put teams together, put deadlines together. And deadlines and accountability are the two places where people really struggle. People run in a million different directions, but nobody's there to lead the team. Nobody's there to hold them accountable. Nothing's going to happen. It's going to make the problem worse. If there are problems and you're looking at like, where is the silver lining? Where is this a blessing? Where is this actually a good thing? You could be able to renegotiate bad deals that you did previous, something that you wanted better, something that you wanted newer. There is a downside, and the downside is to be too greedy. Like uh, I, one of the guys that I listened to, his phrase is, don't be a pig. As mentioned previously, when you take advantage of people, they're going to resent you. There are possibilities of removing bad people and bad situations, but if you're focusing on the bad, you're going to get more bad. You could push creative ideas, think through offers, and make them. Most people will spend 10 or 15 minutes coming up with an offer for a marketing campaign when it should really be more time than that. 
I've sat down with people and they're like, Hey, we need some help with our marketing campaign. I'm like, great. We're going to need about four hours and they're like, four hours. It usually takes us 15 minutes. I'm like, look where you're at. We need to have some time. We need to have a conversation. We need to go through and, and do a coaching session. We need to go through and do a planning session. You can find creative people to network with, or you could create a network. One of the, the greatest things that you can have is a strong network of people that are constantly referring you. I was listening to a call with Jay Abraham, and I, I love Jay Abraham. He's one of my business mentors. I've been listening since I was 19. I used to listen to him on cassette tapes. But his thing is you always build a network of as many people as possible to refer people to you. And if you pay them, that's one of the way to do it. If they do it for free or gratis, then that's another way of doing it. And you could teach people how to play the game like you are. You could let them know, where is the upside in this? Where's the benefit of this? Where is this actually a good thing? How can we use it to our benefit? How can we make this into a strategy that's going to work for us? And if you can slow down and you can look at business and sales in a different manner and say, hey, wait a minute, time out. There is a benefit to this. There's something that we could do in the form of strategy to make it better to work to our favor. Absolutely, you should do it. And you should let the rest of your competition run around like crazy chickens with their heads cut off and let them fail because now you even have a greater opportunity. Looking for the upside is very much like building a muscle. And if you are a salesperson, if there is a situation, the first question you should be asking is, what's good about this situation? What's the upside? If it's economic times, there's a lot of upside for you as a salesperson who's prepared. To think about it this way, who should you know? Who should you be in contact with? Who are those people that you should be connected to and start making those connections now? Is it other business owners? Is it people who are recruiters? Is it people who have a big following and a big fan base? You know, who are the people or the contacts that you can rely on? Because those people become important. So who should you be contacting? If it comes down to tough times, know that just because you're listening to an episode of a podcast, I could tell you're better than most salespeople, even if you're brand new. Most salespeople are inherently lazy. I'm going to promise you I've been on enough ride-alongs that the 80-20 rule plays out. 80% of salespeople should not be in sales. 20% of salespeople are who close most of the deals. That includes you because you're checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. If you really want to get leaps and bounds on your sales skills, any minimal amount of role play is going to make you better than anybody else. Most of your competition relies on discounting, price matching, and trash talking in order to close the deal. And then what happens is if times get tough, then their go-to move has to be multiplied and amplified. And you can overcome that pretty easily when talking with a buyer and saying, look, all they got is price. That's it. I mean, if that's all you want, that's all they got. You need to look at your skills and see like, where is it that I could really improve? Like not just, nah, I think I need to get good at this. I mean, it takes a really good introspection to say, I'm lacking this skill. Maybe it is something to do with the discovery phase. Maybe it's something to do with your presentation. Maybe it's something to do with closing. Maybe it's something to do with prospecting. But realistically saying, I have a problem with fill in the blank and then find somebody to help you with that problem. Whether you got to barter, trade, pay, do whatever you can to get some help right now and things get much easier for you in the future. If you are struggling in your sales process, the first place to look is in your discovery phase. This is where... Most salespeople speed through and they don't realize that they're speeding through because nobody ever tells them. And depending upon your industry, your discovery phase could take 10 minutes. It could take 15 minutes. It could take 20 minutes. 
but you should pay attention to how much time you're spending asking questions, looking for pain, problems, or risk. And once you identify the pain, problem, or risk, then you ask consequence questions. What happens when? If blank happens, then what? What's the next step after? These are all ideas of consequence questions that you could use. Buyers are always looking for confident answers. They're always looking for leadership. There is a small sliver of buyers that feel bad for people and make purchases because they're the underdog. But for the most part, companies want to know that they got the right guy or the right girl. And in times of uncertainty, in times when there's problems, people want to go with the solid route instead of going on shaky ground. You do have to look for the upside. You do have to look for the massive upside. You could throw a pity party for a little bit and then realize, hey, once the pity party's over and you got to clean up afterwards, you do have to look for where is the massive upside for me to be better at what I do and for me to find more success. That's the question. Doesn't matter if you're in sales, doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, doesn't matter if you are in management, where is the massive upside where I can gain a lot, whether it's skills, talents, training, income, job potential, it's a matter of you figuring out what you want to do instead of burying your head in the sand. Whenever there is a problem, there's two words that come up, pivot and shift. And this means that you're going to have to take a look and see what's going on. And you're going to have to ask some tough questions. And it could come down to you having a strategy session with a coach, a mentor, a team and saying, what are the possibilities of what could be done? We're here right now. Where can we move towards? What are some changes that we can make? What are some different markets that we can work with? What are some different product lines we can get? What are some different introductions that we could use? You definitely have to look for the upside, and it is a talent and a skill. A fair warning is there's going to be naysayers on the team, and sometimes it takes some coaching and some effort to get them to where they need to be to say, hey, look, you know what? We need to pivot or shift the way that we're thinking about the situation. So what's it going to take? to make those changes for you. And not all the time is this an easy conversation because sometimes there's people who get stuck in negativity. It's easier to shoot ideas down because then there doesn't have to be accountability. There doesn't have to be change. There doesn't have to be risk. And that's always something to be aware of. In the world of sales and business, one of the coolest things that you could ever do is look for the silver lining or the upside in any situation. Where everybody else is running around and having problems with fear and anxiety and uncertainty... You can find ways to increase your skills, capabilities, and business multiple fold. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.